Welcome to Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. We are going to have a great show for you today, folks. How's everybody doing? Good morning, Houston. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Southeast Texas, Northeast Texas, and every corner of this area that our 100-watt transmitter is out there throwing information, great music, esoteric stuff, eclectic stuff out there. We are going to have a great show for you today. As usual, good morning. Those of you who are driving, good morning. Those of you who are waking up, good morning. Those of you who are cracking up, good morning. Hey, we are going to have a great show, and I tell you what, it's only great because at the other end of my voice, at the other end of these signals emanating through the space, is you. Remember that? Anyhow, folks, um, you know, uh, I, I love the idea of people changing up, people doing things, people being activated, people going out there and doing things. And, you know, this weekend, or I should say last weekend, I had a, a, a little, uh, you know, sat down and had a little chat with, uh, here comes a surprise. I had a little chat with the guy who is answering the phones right now inside of the studio, inside of the control room guy's name Jack Van Beber and you know what he decided to do he decided I am going to impersonate FDR this is going to be FDR's speech oh, for no. today oh. <laughs> this is going to be FDR's speech for today and cover I your said, ears people no I'm going to try not to be embarrassed but let me there's no embarrassment here I went ahead and I tiktok this and I placed this out there and I said Wow, I love this. This show, this wasn't cynicism at all. This was practical truth. So here we go with El Señor Jack Van Beber. Citizens and citizenettes, I'm sorry, citizens, but most of the Republicans and some of the Democrats have and are drinking the Kool-Aid the corporate capitalists have mixed up for them. The grape flavor is gun violence. The raspberry flavor is racism. The blueberry flavor is fear of things non-white. The lemon flavor is the attack on women's reproductive rights. The tart lime flavor that makes your anal sphincter tighten, that's the inflation they're stuffing up your butts as they record record profits. There are many other flavors, but all in all, they taste like hooey. How do they get this past their constituents, you ask? They add sugar. Check out more like this at Politics Done Right. Hey, folks, so I had to uh, I had to do that because when he was saying it, I don't know if you realized how I was like, hey, I kind of like that. You know, I kind of like that. What do you think about that, Howard Reynolds? Did I well, miss? Will? I don't know. <laughs> I think that you know, if Ronald Reagan would have said the same thing, uh, he would have been run out of office. Yes, he so, would have yeah. been. And you know, it would have been a good thing. And let me just tell you, let me just tell you, right? I, I put this stuff up on the YouTube channel, and la I think it was last night or something like that. And immediately, it got like 700-something people that just kind of looked at it, love it. And we have somebody on the internet now saying, uh, a person called V. Britton says, he is so right. He is so right. And of course, Alistair Waters, welcome online as well. So, um, 
you know, uh, Van Beber, I, I really enjoyed that. Anyhow, we are going to have a great show for you today. Title of the show is Chris Christie and Mike Pence Attack Trump. Stephanie Rule stopped a misinformer and the trans slam. Chris Christie and Mike Pence grew partial spines to call out Donald Trump. Stephanie Rule shredded a congressman attempting to mislead as they normally do from the right side. Look, all sides have a tendency to mislead to get their position across. That is politics. But there, there is a certain flavor that evokes uh, violence and veil and hate and all of that, that we have to get rid of. And lastly, the ex-Trump EPA official for, uh, had some interest in trans comments and was summarily challenged by a, uh, a member of the congressional panel. I think it was a, a good thing to see. Anyhow, um, let, let, me, let me just say that this morning, listening to Morning Joe, uh, everybody has a feeling that Donald Trump is going to be indicted. Before I get on to the subject, I would like you guys to give me a call early if you're going to call so that I don't have to run and try to get you off. I want you to be able to express your entire idea. So the number is 713-526-5738, 713-526-5738, extension number two, and you're on air immediately, uh, 713-526-5738 and you will be on air. I think I better tell you before I get started as well that you can you can find us many different ways. You can listen like you're listening. Those of you listening on air, kpft.org, kpft.org. You can go to our website, kpft.org, and click that, that listen button to listen to our program or stream our program on the website. You can download the TuneIn app from the Android or Apple Store. And just search for KPFT and listen to it that way. Alternatively, you can watch the show. And anybody who just heard me play El Señor Jack Van Beber could have seen Jack Van Beber in his glory as he recited that new instantiation of FDR. We call it FDR V2.0. Or you can listen at our YouTube channel, politicsdoneright.tv, politicsdoneright.tv. TV. So anyhow, folks, many different ways in which you can take on what we are talking about here, folks. So I uh, really enjoyed that. Anyhow, I was listening to, uh, to Morning Joe, and McCaskill from Missouri had something to say. Right now, as you, I'm going to play a couple of them. We have Christie and, and, and Pence who joined the fold. And the problem with these folks is that for a long time, Trump has been doing a whole lot of bad things. A whole lot of bad things. And this didn't start when he started running for president. He'd been doing bad things to people for a very long time. He'd been ripping off contractors. He's been creating colleges that, that, that gave the semblance of teaching but was just there to make money. He's been selling steaks that there's nothing special about it. He's been selling water. He's been doing just a little bit of everything. He tried his hand at an airline. And, I mean, he just did things. Some of it seemed like, I don't know, I'm, I'm just assuming these businesses were so bad you know, it make, made one wonder if these businesses existed just to clean money, right? Because businesses that bad, what else could they have been for? You know, just, I don't know, you know, I don't know. But, you know, it made you wonder on these particular issues. Anyhow, so as it turns out, 
Uh, he's been doing bad things for a long time, but he's been getting away with it because he had lawyers, because he had his, his daddy's fortunes to work with. And he did all these bad things and he hurt a lot of people. He hurt women. Uh, he allegedly raped women. He allegedly did all these things. And we elected him president. There are a lot of psychological reasons why we did. And what McCaskill said is, what took these, these people who purport themselves to love America, purport themselves to love their fellow man, profess themselves to, purport themselves to love their fellow woman? How dare they allow this guy to have gone this far, potentially having an indicted person run for president and be convicted right before he served if he were to get elected not that he would but well who knows i don't know but anyway before i get started tag come on in let's get tag onto the air tag wants to say something come on in tag good morning Alberto. how are you doing i'm doing fine my friend talk to me well i'd rather speak to the listening public rather than you my friend <laughs> well please like spe- i love that speak to the listening public sir so many people out there today don't want to say that they're Democratic or Republican. They're independents. You follow me? Yes. And, 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 but I, what I hear from a lot of these people is like, oh, well, we're, we're against the Biden crime family, or we're, we're for a small government, or we think Russia's got um, the rights to be doing what they're doing. And it's like, if you look at what people are saying, they may not admit that they're uh, MAGA or Republican or Democrat, progressive, whatever it is. But if you listen to what they're saying, they're going to tell you what they are, even if they don't want to admit it. It really bothers me because all these people are running around saying, oh, we, we don't identify with a party. And I'm just not buying into it. And I think it's time to put our foot down and tell people, you know, you're going to vote for, for Trump again because you believe in this, that, and something else. Like, if you believe that he didn't do anything wrong, well, you're a MAGA, and you're going to vote for him again. And just admit it. You know, don't, don't try to, to smooth, smooth us by saying that you're not uh, affiliated with any party. I'm not buying that crap anymore. So what do you think? Uh, look, you're absolutely right. What That independent voter is usually the voter that doesn't want to take a position uh, actively, but if you take a look at their voting patterns, their voting patterns says more about them than anything else. And we can't look at people's individual voting patterns, but we can look at the voting pattern of the independent. And you're absolutely right. It turns out that independents are just Democrats or Republicans that don't want to fess up to who they normally vote for. And one of the reasons I take the stance that I take tag is that I don't care how you want to call yourself, name yourself or whatever. I have one specific thing I ask you to do when you go into that voting booth. Think about your mother, your daughter, your brother, your sister, your friend and vote in the interest of yourself and them. And if you vote their, your interest, you would never vote a neoliberal into power. You would never vote a Republican into power because both those segments, you are not, the, the policies that they support are not in the best interests of your families. And if you doubt me, look at reality. Reality says that most you're working hard as hell today and you're reaping little for what you've earned. 
And everybody, even if you have a home at the end of your lifetime in the past when you could have left that to your kids because of structures like reverse mortgages, because of structures like you can only get uh, good health care if you are very, very rich or very, very poor. There are a lot of these things that says our policies, neoliberal and Republican policies, aren't for you. And in the process, they try to make it seem like progressives are left-wing crazies, when the reality is when you ask a person the things that they want in life, it turns out to be very progressives, even if they don't want to call themselves that. Continue tag, and then I'll go to the next. One, one thing I love about these people, the, so, so many of them say, oh, well, we need to have a smaller government and we need to cut our way out of this deficit, you know? Well, we know who, who's been saying that, but, but these people will say, but I, I don't, I'm not affiliated with any party, but that same person would never admit that we should raise revenue. And, and I think that's what we need to do is stop, uh, you know, trying to hang a label on these people and say, listen, this is what you're saying about how you feel about things. So it's obvious to me that you identify with this party, whether you want to admit to it or not. Tag, I want to interrupt you for a second because you said something important. You said a lot of these people say they're, one, they're for small government. Two, they don't want taxes raised on, on, on folks, right? And that comes from a poor educational system because here is the reality. When you say... I don't want taxation in order, a lot of taxation to solve the problems of the country, meaning get, having good social programs, good working programs so mothers can go to work and have their kids taken care of. When you don't support policies that support that, you are still taking, you're, it's still big government, just a different government. If you think private corporations aren't governments, I have a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. It just happens to be you have when you want taxes cut, you have decided who you want to pay taxes to. And the taxes, when you say I want to cut taxes for the corporations, you're saying you want to pay taxes to not to government, but you want to pay taxes to the corporations. And that's what people that that is a insidious things that people don't realize, right? In other in other words, a 1.4 trillion dollar tax to uh, a tax cut for uh, Walmart and all these guys, and and Walmart's not passing that on to its employees, mean that you pay more taxes to take care of that employee, but it's deeper than that. It it also mean you paid more to enrich somebody else other than you. And people don't get it. They seem like, oh, they've worked for their money. No billionaire has worked for their money. We'll go over that as we do these programs. Tag, anything else you want to say or before I go to Johnny? One, one, real, quick, one real quick idea that Richard Wolf said the other day. I love Richard Wolf. Yes. He, he, said, he said that uh, a United States government is actually here to support business. And, and well, the government would be the first ones to get involved, but everybody wants to, to get down on the government and say they're anti, we're anti-capitalist. So we support the government so the government can have uh, to, to help push a healthy uh, business. Look, most of, and, uh, tag, tag, most of the monies that we send to government, they, they like to say that it goes to entitlements, Right. But here is yeah, the, th yeah. the little secret they don't tell you. First of all, corporations could not exist, or rather, corporations could not ex multinational corporations could not exist 
absent the, the vast investment we make in our military to make people so fearful of us that our corporations can go to any part of this land, every, every part of the world to do what it wants to do in whatever manner it wants to do without the fear of any external foreign government coming down on them. Our military ensures our corporations can do anything. When you talk about as little as food stamps, uh, absent food stamps, do, do you think those multinational agri-companies, those multinational food companies don't want those food stamps going to people? The food stamps, uh, at a few dollars for the people here and there, returns into billions of dollars for the corporations. Do you think they don't want some of these social services that produce? It's a game. It is a game. The government serves more the corporate state than it does the social state. And the thing about it is we don't have enough people telling the truth about this message so that folks will act accordingly. As it turns out, we are our, our rich and our corporations are undertaxed by orders of magnitude for the service that the workers have done in America. And the, the, it, it's, it's absolutely in the numbers that these corporations are getting away with murder. Whenever you walk, you see on Wall Street these great profits that are made, made. Whenever you see the insurance companies continuously try to deny you coverage, that is your money going into the pockets, into the coffers of a very few. And it, it, is, it is incumbent on us all, smart folks like you, Tag, and, and Johnny Hu is coming up next to have that story not to be told to the people that already know it. I mean, it's great that you're telling it here, but we have to open the horizons. We have to expand our horizons so that we can civilly, with respect, tell other people the true story so that others will understand exactly how we function. All right. Uh, any, one other quick thing so I can go to Johnny Tag. What else is up? Egberto. The one thing I say wholeheartedly is thank you for giving me a voice and listening and commenting on what I had to say. I certainly do appreciate all that, and I, and I love reaching out. So you guys have a good day. I'll, I'll, I'll pass and give it over to Johnny, and hopefully he can keep it short and precise. <laughs> thank you, my brother. Uh, if, if he doesn't keep it short and precise, we'll, give, we'll slap Johnny. Come on in, Johnny. How you doing, my brother? Oh, Johnny, you're on. Okay, Johnny may have to call back. So um, while while yeah, Johnny Johnny's gonna have to call us back. Hey Johnny, give me a call back, Johnny. We you know we had a we, phone we meltdown here. So we just had a what were doing. Yeah, we we'll had a back. minor phone meltdown. So we'll get busy continuing with the story. Let me let me first play my first uh, video, and the first video is uh, the spine that folks are getting is wonderful. So let's listen to Chris Christie's uh, talk on Donald Trump. What took so darn long? What took so long? Well, it's good. I want you guys to see that it's only a minute and 13 seconds long. I haven't put any post-log or pre-log onto it. So here we go right this minute, my brothers and sisters. Here we go. Years ago, he stood on the stage in New Hampshire and said he was gonna balance the budget in four years. And he left with the biggest deficit of any president in American history. He said 
he was going to eliminate the national debt in eight years. He added $3 trillion to the national debt in four years. Lonely, self-consumed, self-serving, mirror hog <laughs> is not a leader. The person I am talking about who is obsessed with the mirror, who never admits a mistake, who never admits a fault, and who always finds someone else and something else to blame for whatever goes wrong, but finds every reason to take credit for anything that goes right is Donald Trump. It's not amusing anymore. It's not entertaining anymore. It is the last throes of a bitter, angry man who wants power back for himself, not for you. And I could not believe, I mean, Chris Christie talks and says certain, but when he came out and he said that, I'm like, wow. Uh, just maybe when, if they all gang up on, on this guy now and, and really tell truths that don't come out as often as they should, maybe people would listen. I have Pence, what Pence said yesterday, but before Pence, I, I, since we gave Johnny such a hard time this morning, I want Johnny to come in now. And folks, keep giving us calls, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Extension numero dos, extension number two. And Johnny, you are up. Johnny, where are you? Oh, oh are, you're talking to me? Yes, I'm talking to you. Okay, I couldn't hear you. Uh, did you notice, well, last night it was, I think, when I saw Chris Christie give those uh, seemingly honest messages to that small Republican audience, he correctly identified the problem. One of the problems with uh, Donald Trump, he said Donald, under Donald Trump, he, Trump said that he would eliminate or reduce or zero out the national debt in eight years. But in four years, he increased, increased our, our debt in this by $3 billion, it was. $3 trillion. $3 trillion, yeah. Yeah, but he didn't say specifically how. Because why? He's a Republican. And a Republican, it's not in their DNA to admit that it's because of taxes to the ultra-wealthy. And do you think anyone in that audience thought to ask, huh, how did that $3 trillion uh, indebtedness increase under Trump? Johnny, Johnny, stop, stop for a second. I want to thank you for pointing that out because I didn't. I, I should have immediately said, uh, you know, use that to segue into tax cuts. Do not pay for themselves. In fact, they cost us. Continue, please. But thank you for pointing that out. Very important fact. And uh, two words, Bridgegate. That's only one of several scandals under that so-called governor of New Jersey. And by the way, Trump is going to drill in the fact that, that he is way, way overweight. And he will be correct because even though Donald Trump is technically obese, he doesn't look as obese as uh, Chris Christie. And he's going to show Donald Trump's campaign people will show photographs of Chris Christie with his back to a camera looking over Schmorg's board of food. And he will remind the audience that Chris Christie has had bypass gastric bypass surgery and gastric bypass surgery is supposed to be an aid to help you get started, to help you get on the correct path and make proper decisions. And he's going to remind people that Chris Christie doesn't make right decisions. Therefore, how can he make good decisions in the White House? 
Oh man, you know something? Maybe maybe uh, Chris Kristen needs to hire you <laughs> because you you had all those things down and ready to go. Finally, one last thing uh, to be brief. Uh, when you guys brought up the idea of independence, my experience has been my whole life. Every time I talk to people who identify as independent, it turns out that they are actually Republicans. Well. Not anymore. I mean, that used to be the case, but not anymore because a lot of people are, they, they really don't want to call themselves Democrats for two, for two extreme reasons. One, they think that progressives are, they, they've been made to believe that progressives are extreme and they've been meant to, uh, led to believe correctly that neoliberals are nothing but uh, follow Republican policies with a Democratic name. So, um, so th there are legit, there are legitimate independents now on the on the left side, but uh, on the right side, it's usually people that are ashamed to say that they are in fact Republican. But what's interesting is when Donald Trump won, and I always try to remind people about this: why I never say Donald Trump can't win again. Uh, I have neighbors that's that you know we get along very very well very well and uh, there is something within them that uh, that just finds Donald Trump appealing and I have to look at them sometimes and wonder I wonder how do you genuinely honestly feel about me I, I really sit down and wonder sometimes because they genuinely vote for the guy uh, I voted for the guy and they they like the guy and they they fall you know they believe in the things they 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 are they decide to be willfully ignorant right and I just sit back and think wow really so uh so the the truth of the matter is when you take a look at what occurred in 2020 Donald Trump got more votes than any other president bar none in 2020 except for Biden and progressives had to go out there and work like hell to pull people out of corners never seen before to surpass that amount of people by 7 million. You have to wonder about the country. That's why Europe is very concerned right now that could President, uh, could, could, could Donald Trump become president again? And the answer is unless we get our job done, unless we, we point out to people the evil that that rep that he that Trump represents and the evil that voting for him represent. If we don't get a job done, uh, you know, it's the, the the end of America is near. But anyhow, um, what else? What else would you like to say before I continue the program, my friend? I would like to push back respectfully on what you asserted a moment ago. Please you do. More people identify as independents who are in fact. Democrats, and I will, I will refuse. No, 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 that's not what I said. That's not what I said. I, 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 you were saying that most, uh, you're saying that, I, I think you're saying that all independents were Republicans. And I said it, you, it, it almost used to be like that way, but, but with folks, with some on the left not wanting to identify themselves with progressives or neoliberals. That it's a much larger number of independents now that vote Democratic. That's what I said. And what I'm trying to say to you, if you will allow me, is that when I was a teenager, 
Yes. And I was starting to become more vocal about politics and current events, which I found uh, at odds with itself and always contradictory. And I was starting to talk, to talk to family members and neighbors. I discovered that a vast majority of them were, in fact, ideologically on the right. Mm-hmm. And you're saying that now people are more afraid. No, back then, people back then were afraid. Uh, people who were liberals back then were afraid to admit they were liberal. But that's not the same thing as right now. The majority, the vast majority are, in fact, leaning right. I'm not saying that all of them. I never said 100%. No, 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 I know, I know, I know, I know. Let, let me just tell you some, what, I, what I do a lot when I look at the numbers. And I think I want the entire audience to, to hear this. Um, I went to a Netroots Nation, I think it was 2015. Uh, we do this every year. We're all progressives get together and we meet and we discuss policy, etc. And Elizabeth Warren was a featured speaker that particular day. And she, she, reve- she did the studies uh, and you know, we were, she was reading out the studies to us that pointed out that, that policy by policy by policy, most Americans support progressive policies. And my contention is, if you support progressive policies and say you're leaning right, that makes absolutely no sense. Now, you can be culturally right because, you know, that's who you are. You vote Republican and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to the things that you want for your family, your friends, etc., most people are progressive. So, I mean, so I guess it's a two-tier type of an answer, Johnny. In that, in the way folks vote and the policies that they want. Go ahead, Johnny. It's a double-edged sword. You you just actually describing what I'm trying to get across to you. Got you. When okay. I read my nasty, acoustic uh, voicemail messages to Republican Party senators and Republican Party representatives in Washington, I let them know that when I speak, I, me personally, when Johnny speaks. He's speaking, he's speaking on behalf of a supermajority of Americans. Anywhere Amen. between 60 and 75% of Americans agree with me right. on a variety of economic and social issues. And the poll data bear this out. We and I, yes. both agree, you and I both agree on that. What I'm saying to you, I'm not talking about the vast majority of Americans, where they are uh, internally on various policies. I'm speaking to you about people who, when you talk to them, when they tell you that they're independent. And I'm telling you that the vast majority of them are reluctant to admit that they are right-wingers. We don't have that issue with the left. Not so much. The okay. vast majority... I- I'm that we, we're we're gonna leave. We have to leave that there because I, you know, I mean, we may be just talking past each other on this one because I, I don't what you the way you explain that there, I can't disagree with you. Okay. Well, what I'm saying is, I you're not talking past me. I'm listening to everything you say, and I'm telling you that we both agree. Okay, great. Thank you, my brother. Listen to me. Uh, listen to Johnny, folks. He's a good man. No, no, I, no, 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 no. I am, con- no, no. I am. Look, that's what I said when I said we we're pa- talking past. It, once you said that uh, that last statement about you, you fixed it with the the person you call and leave the message. It's all clear. But anyhow, Johnny, thank you so kindly for calling as thank usual. You. We this yeah. show is great because of guys yeah. like you, Tag, and everybody else who calls. All right. And you can be rest assured, I will not be advising Chris Christie. If I do, <laughs> you should shoot me. Okay, I don't do guns, but that's fine, brother. We have a great you have a great day, brother. 
All right. Let's let's continue here, folks. I want you to listen to Pence now. Pence was, I mean, Pence brought up the Constitution, man. I want you to listen to how he handled Donald Trump. He wasn't as rough with Donald Trump, but for those that are a, a bit more finesse, that's what he did. So check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. Real, real short. Real, real short as soon as I can click this button. On that day, President Trump also demanded that I choose between him and the Constitution. Now voters will be faced with the same choice. I believe that anyone who puts themselves over the Constitution should never be president of the United States. And anyone who asks someone else to put them over the Constitution should never be president of the United States again. Check out more like this. Now, listen to that. The man finally comes out. He grew a half a spine. I mean, he didn't disparage him too much. He grew a half a spine. And he said, absolutely, this guy asked me to defy the Constitution. And as such, he does not deserve to be the President of the United States. Uh, v. Britain says, independent left, anti-corporate coddling tax, the rich fairly, anti-secrecy and anti-massive black, black budget and lies. Whoa. V. Britain, thank you for your statement. And Noah Rattler, welcome to Politics Done Right on the Internet. And let's go ahead and bring Tori into the conversation before I get to the third video of the day, or actually fourth video of the day. Come on in, Tori. Tori, you're on. Okay. Tori, you are on. Uh, basically, Republican operators have been busy up and down the ballot in every state uh, from executive dog catcher for years and years and years promoting third parties that split the Democratic ticket. You know, um, most recently in the past uh, eight or ten years, they've been door-knocking for the Green Party. Well, you know, believe me, you're going to see more Republicans door-knocking for Marianne Williamson and Cornell West than those two candidates have people door-knocking for themselves. Because the, the, the Democrats know that's really the only way they can win, is by splitting the democratic vote but we need to return the favor and promote republican style independence to split the republican vote and there's uh you know there is motivation in the republican field uh the lincoln project is probably we need to take some direction from them because you know they're key they have the motivation they have the uh the home field advantage you know they've got all these various republican power players on speed dial and uh you know, that will be their goal, is to split the Republican ticket so that Trump doesn't win. And so we can, you know, we follow their lead. We can, you know, progressives and all kind of Democrats, you know, when they finish door knocking for Biden, you know, they can go and door knock for the Lincoln Project, whoever they're promoting. Anyway, it's, uh, it's nothing new. People have been doing this for a long time, and we just need to get up to speed. Play the game you know, the way it's let me let me tell you one thing, Tori, uh, about splitting the vote. First of all, you're correct. That's what they do. They get a lot of they they you know they they try to do things to make sure that they can split the Democratic vote. And Democrats uh, don't. They, 
let, let me see how to put this as nicely as I can. It's no, Democrats are not, the, the Democratic leadership, they're not stupid at all. Uh, I don't know how much people really understand how alone progressives are even in the Democratic Party. Because the reality is the base of, or not the base, the leadership of the, Repu- of the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, and the MAGA Republican Party, believe it or not, they serve the same master. And that is co- the corporate sector. And if you, if you doubt it, watch how much pushback uh, progressives get even within the Democratic Party when they move too far to, 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 to create, uh, create a state that is more, uh, what's that word, egalitarian. Immediately the defense comes out for business. I've been on several panels where even the moderate Democrat, the first question they ask when, when you promote certain types of policies, it's, well, how would that affect business. If we were listening to the American people, the leadership of of both parties, but specifically of the Democratic Party, we wouldn't have a problem. The Democratic Party has no problem if it really wants, whether there is a Green Party, whether there is Marianne Williamson, whether there is uh, uh, the other guy that's running that you just mentioned, uh, Cornell West, doesn't matter. Because if you were out there in the neighborhoods campaigning as you should, telling these people what you are going to do to make their lives better. You wouldn't have to ask them to go vote. But the problem is we don't want them too empowered or we don't want them to know how empowered they are. So we just want to get a piece of them in order for the right Democrats to win. And when we supersede... Go ahead. uh, You mentioned how... uh, you know, everything's, you know, like surprise, surprise, controlled by the business class and, you know, for both parties. Uh, but, you know, at some point we just need to be paying attention to the demographics and progressives are in the ascendancy. There's, you know, they are the largest caucus in the Democratic Party right now. And I'm not saying all those people in the progressive caucus are true progressives, but that in itself gives you an idea because, you know, a lot of these moderate Democrats that are actually caucusing with the progressives, they've got their thumb on the pulse, and they know that, you know, that's where the votes are. You know, for whatever district they're in, you know, it might not be in Houston or Texas, but in some other district, they got to caucus with the progressives if they want to keep their seats. And so, demographically, progressives are in the ascendancy. And uh, to counter what you just said, I mean, I was absolutely opposed to Biden because of his history, you know, mm-hmm. when he was running for president. But I was a Bernie guy. But then I noticed pretty quickly that he adopted, just like all these other fake progressives, he adopted the progressive agenda, at least in what he said, and, and a lot of things he tries to do, just in order to keep his seat. And so my hat's off. You know, I'm going to vote for Biden again. I don't think he's got died in the wool. Progressive. I think he's a, a power player. He wants to keep his seat. And if he wants to get anything done, he's got to bring the progressives along with him. That's why the real progressives like Warren and Bernie aren't uh, going to, you know, they're not going to go against him in a primary. 
they're going to be supporting Biden because Biden's taken at least 70 percent of the Bernie progressive agenda and made it his own. And that's good enough for me. I don't trust any of these politicians. I think they all speak out of two sides of their mouth and they're all hypocrites. And so I don't even care. Uh, you know, I just care what they say. I don't care what they believe. I don't care what's inside them. You care, care what they, they do. Of the cameras and, you know, they're talking to 50 million people. That's what I care about. I don't even care if they're telling the truth, you know, as long as they say the right things to the mass audience. Tori, 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 first of all, you're right about Biden. And I think anybody listening to the program have heard me say that I just couldn't believe uh, you know, uh, and by the way, personally, I did vote for Biden, and if he runs again, I will vote for him again. If the if there's not an alternate, a progressive alternative that can win, notice what I just said: not a progressive alternative that can win. Third parties never win. Okay. No, no, I'm not. I'm no, 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 no. I'm not talking third party here. I'm talking if something were to happen and some progressive decided to run because we don't know what's going to happen. The guy is 80 years old. Okay. So let's, let's, we just have to be honest about that. Right. Okay. But that, well, yeah. yeah. So that, that said, that said, you are absolutely right in my humble opinion that, uh, again, I could not believe the per percentage of the progressive agenda got passed. And that's why you see, uh, AOC. That's why you see, uh, uh, what's her name? The, the leader of the caucus right now. Um, uh, you know who I mean, the 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 woman who leads the caucus. Pramila Jayapal. Uh, Pramila Jayapal. Pramila Jayapal, why she has been his just about his right hand on many issues right now. Because, again, he has come through in many, many times for progressives. And when he don't, they remember to remind him. But um, that, that said, I think progressives have a lot of work themselves to do. Demographics is not enough. Because if you take a look at what's happening to the Latino People like to call the Latino a demographic. I, I, I beg to differ in, in certain areas on that, but let's assume that for now. Uh, the Latino Here's base. The baseball. I, think, I think Biden has a crush on AOC and maybe Pramila Jayapal. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, Gaddafi used to have a crush on, on rice. <laughs> right? Yes. Like, you know, it's like, the old codger. You know, he's just probably just... <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, Tory. Stop it. Stop it, Mr. Tory. All right. But anyhow, so yeah, so that, that that's where we're at. Hey, but Tory, I got some more videos that I, I want to get through um, that we, we did, that I prepared last night for the program. I think people are going to okay. appreciate it. So thank you so kindly for calling in, my brother. And folks, the telephone number is 713-526-5738, extension number 2, 713-526-5738, extension number Two. Okay, what I want to play for you here is uh, the, the, this is this is what we need true journalists to do. Okay, and I saw uh, Stephanie Rule did it yesterday. I want more to do. We have, uh, of course, I uh, uh, Medir Hassan always does it, and so does Ayman Mohajedin. They always do it. We need more consult more of the journalists to do what she did last night i have been seeing some good journalism on msnbc recently stephanie rule again did it uh former representative will hurd came onto her show and they're discussing about pence starting to really fight back against trump and and christy fighting back against trump and they're discussing all these issues but you know how the republican messaging machine works and they are very very effective. 
Here comes Will Hurd, and as he's speaking, he's speaking about they are not going to win unless they start to tell people how they're going to bend back the inflation curve and given the implication that somehow the Biden administration or the, the economic policies that are in, in being invoked right now are not doing exactly that, starting to bend the curve back. We all know that inflation was created by the policies of Donald Trump, given, you know, uh, not only Donald Trump, but all those who have caused the exportation of our labor, the, the, the problems with the, with the uh, supply chain because, again, of uh, offshoring and likewise a corporate greed. All of those things, mostly from uh, Republicans and neoliberal Democrats, are the real genesis of inflation. We know that. And somehow, Will Hurd, a former Republican congressman, is going to come and talk about they're going to do what's necessary to bend back the curve on inflation when the policies instituted right now are ensuring that we have the types of economic activity that that even with corporate greed are starting to bring inflation down. Stephanie Rule didn't accept him. Check out what she did. We'll take it on the other side. Congressman, Mike Pence talked about his refusal to overturn the election results. And to Jason's point, that is impressive. But the problem is Republican voters didn't want that. They wanted to overturn the results. Mike Pence was recently booed at an NRA convention in his home state. Sure. And I wouldn't say all Republicans uh, did that. A, a, a significant, significant amount. I'm not going to I'm not going to criticize there. Um, and look, uh, Vice President Pence has a narrow margin. Uh, but what all of Republican voters should be thinking about is if we want to take on Joe Biden and beat him, if we want to do things like secure the border, uh, bring back inflation, bend back inflation, um, address the debt, then we have to win elections. And that means you got to put somebody up in November who can appeal to independents and the conservative Democrats and take advantage of the reality that President Biden's job numbers are, are so low. And, hold on, and that's hold on. the question. What did you say about inflation? I couldn't hear you. You said address the border. You said they should do something about inflation. Yeah. Bend it back. Bend the curve back on, on inflation. Reduce, it has reduce been. inflation. It has been. Maybe it's, that's it's, one of the reasons. Hold on, please. Hold on, please. Where, where, where folks would like it, right? Fine. It, it might not be where folks would like it, but we want to operate in truths here. And especially as it relates sure, to the course, economy. Right. Hold it's, on. It's, it is factually incorrect to say bend it backwards in terms of inflation. Because while people might not feel ideal, inflation was running hot last year and it has moved down sure. significantly so, so let's so just operate in fact because if we don't right now that like, that you would you want to keep inflation where it is today you would like to see that continue i didn't for the say next that four years is that, I, is that what sir, you're implying i didn't say that but what you said to me okay. a moment ago would be to bend it back to bend it back means sure. to reverse reduce, reduce and it's it really it important Right. That we're operating in truths, and we're going to continue to do that. You know, uh, Stephanie, as she really castigated Will Hurd appropriately, there's one thing she should have said, in my opinion. You know, a negative times a negative is a positive. A positive times a negative is a negative. 
Well, here's what this, this guy said without even noticing it, right? If he said Republicans are going to come in, they have to say how they're going to bend back the inflation curve. Given that the inflation curve is being bent, in other words, bent backwards already, if he's going to bend back what has already been bent back backward, it actually means they want to move it into the opposite direction, which means, in effect, what he said is, if they come into power, inflation goes up. I mean, he, that's not what he meant, okay? But I wish Stephanie Rule would have said to him, hey, based, just, based on what, just based on the misinformation you tried to give to our audience, actually what you were trying to say is that if, if, if Republicans come into power, you are going to increase inflation. Ha, 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 ha. I mean, look, that's not what he was saying. What, what he was attempting to do is mislead the audience into believing that somehow Republicans have the answer to inflation when what we know is occurring right now is after the pandemic and after the shock that created inflation and allowed those thugs to uh, overcharge what, you know, the prices that, we, 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 that we're charged, that it's being mitigated right now. He wanted to give the implication that it's not and somehow Republican saviors could come about. We all know that's not true. We all know that Republicans in general, because of the policies that they put out there, they are always inflationary and deficit producing. That's not a statement of, that's not conjecture. That's a statement of fact. Okay, okay, okay. That's a statement of fact. And you notice the first thing, he, when, he's, when he had a little... Freudian slip. He said, we want, to, uh, we want to return inflation or something like that. He said it before he said, bend back. I was listening to it again last night and I was like, wait a minute. Poetic justice. Uh, not poetic justice, but also a Freudian slip. Un slip Freudian. 713-526-5738. Extension number two. Do you want to add anything? We still have a few minutes that we can hear from you. 713-526-5738. Um, 713-526-5738. Extension number two. All lines are open. Love to hear from you. Make a difference. Want me to say something? Folks, don't forget, if there is something that some particular uh, topic you want me to cover that you haven't heard me cover or you need me to cover again, drop me a line at kpft at politicsdoneright.com, kpft at politicsdoneright.com. Likewise, you can watch all these videos in real time or, or rather at your, not real time, at your convenience. Uh, you can uh, just go to... Uh, politicsunright.com slash newsletter and everything that we discussed and the videos will be there. Come on in, Senor Howard Reynolds. You know, Egberto, the thing that concerns me greatly is the inflation that we have yes. now. Yes. And that's what's going to kill Biden. Yes. Because the Republicans are going to come up and say, oh, we have a cure for this inflation. We're going to get to the economy rolled back and prices will be affordable again and you'll get raises, which is total BS because they're not going to be able to do that. Right. I'm afraid that the inflation wave is going to really damage Biden. And if he really had nothing to do with it, it's corporate greed. Yes. Set up underneath Donald Trump. You know, yes. We, we say that Biden inherited a mess, which he did, and he's having trouble doing, doing anything with it. 
because the Republican Party is, uh, of course, for the corporations and for the the wealthy. When that, and that's true. And I used to be a Republican myself. I used to think it was the way to go. But no longer. I don't know what this party is that we've got called Republicans. I have you know, absolutely no idea. Let me, Howard, let me just say one thing. You're right about inflation could be the demise of, of uh, Biden. But I also think Biden has some cards to play. And I think the cards to play is to threaten uh, the corporate state. And I think he, uh, if the corporate state believe that there's a good chance he'll continue to win, they will abide by what he has to say. But let's jump to Mike and then come back here. Come on in, Mike. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, sir. About the situation that we're all facing, if you make these issues personal, especially when it comes to the taxes for corporations, if someone lives in your home, we're supposed to be a big family here in the country. If someone lives in your home and had millions of dollars and paid absolutely nothing towards the upkeep of the home, would you let them live in your house? Absolutely you not. You demand them. You would demand them to pay their fair share, right? Yes, so, sir. Is it so difficult for simple people to understand that a corporation has all the assets that need to be contributed? the upkeep, maintenance, and the treasury of this country. I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, or independent, or whatever. It has to pay for the, for the upkeep and the processing and the betterment of the country. It's simple, man. This stuff's not complicated. It's really not. It's very simple. What's your opinion I, I First of all, you are absolutely right that it's very, very simple, the thing that, 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 that Republicans who love to talk about tax cuts are good at, um, Mike, is they tie tax cuts to other things. Let me give an example. They tie tax cut to, you, they show you a picture of a surfer uh, living off of welfare or the, the, the fat mother in the middle of the ghetto just getting free uh, steaks on, on the dole. And they make you, they put that in your psyche and you're thinking, ah, oh, we don't need to pay taxes for that, not realizing, first of all, that that's peanuts compared to the tax breaks and the tax giveaways we get to, to, the rich, to the rich people and corporations. So what we have to do, in my humble opinion, Mike, is we have to, first of all, what you just said, it is simple. You're right. But what the Republicans have been successful in doing is making a simple thing complex. And what we have to do is decomplex that, Mike. And that's what I'm hoping I'm able to attain with programs like this and others. So I agree wholeheartedly with you. How do we decomplex, however, a simple thing that Republicans have made complex? You show those differences. Like Mr. Whitehouse, the politician who has that whiteboard. You need to make this with people's vision. They need to see this. Corporations compared to how much they take from the government and not contribute, and then you compare it to we as tax paying citizens, how much we contribute to the government and how much we extract. Corporations pay little to nothing and they benefit the most, and that needs to be pranked. Just like the Republicans can say, "Hey, they're the job creators, so they need those tax breaks." No, they don't. The small businesses create the most jobs. You're absolutely you, right. You have to let it be known. It's strategic. And like 
the Lincoln Project, how did they tell you? They're telling us. This is the strategy where you can overcome. Mike, Mike, thank you. I'm at the end of the show, Mike. I have to play one minute video and then, uh, uh, but thank you so kindly for your smart words. You're absolutely right. So you have a wonderful rest of your day, sir. And thank you for calling. Keep listening. Keep calling. Okay. Will do. Thank you. Have a good day. You too now. All right, folks. Uh, this one here is a, is a, is a congresswoman in, in that I want you to hear how she dealt with a, a person, an anti-trans former executive of Donald Trump. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. I want to know, do you really believe that garbage? It's not about a believing. It's a matter of fact. Oh, oh. So, so you believe that investing strategies are actually a secret. It's, it's weaponized to support and promote gender transition for children. I just want to, is essentially that what you're saying? Or do you just use it as another opportunity to beat up on children? So do you believe this? I'm not the one beating up on children. It's the people who are promoting gender transition mm. in children mm. um, that are potentially harming them. It feels like every single hearing that I am in, whether it is in oversight or whether it is in budget or whether it is in a subcommittee, somehow the witnesses find a way to bring in trans children into whatever conversation we're trying to have here. Check out more like this. At and that is the issue. That is a magical issue. The, 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 the particular social issues Republicans think they're going to win on is by getting people all riled up about trans. Oh, trans are running around everywhere. They're, they're hurting your kids. We have to wisen up to how our politics have been corrupted by many. Anyway, we are at the last end, last pieces of this show, folks. I want to thank everybody that's listening to the show. I want to thank everybody that's calling. I want to thank Howard Reynolds and Jack Van Beber for being in the control room, making sure things work smoothly. We couldn't do it without the great volunteers and workers we have at KPFT 90.1 FM. So anyhow, my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead. Number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.